This week's Major Spoilers podcast goes out to Mauricio Zambrana, who first debuted in Action Comics number 1, the same issue as Superman, and whose daughter Zatanna Zambrana is actually a member of the Justice League of America even today. Although I think it's Justice League Dark now. I don't know. The new 52 confuses and frightens me, for I am old. In any case, this one goes out to Mauricio. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In issue steven's a wedge of spite rodrigo's a carton of hate as for me i'm a big bowl of sauerkraut remember changes afoot everywhere but nowhere so much as wizard world no man is an android and not an island and rodrigo fell under the spell of pokemon or something it's a shameful thing lobster head so know your role shut your mouth have a nice day and rest in peace because cobra 316 says i just kissed your wife now can you dig that sucker it's all about the game and i like bacon because the major spoilers podcast is on the air Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Major Spoilers Podcast. So glad you could join us again this issue. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, we say. We've got quite the show lined up for you. Of course, we've got our news. We've got some commercial (laughs) breaks and reviews. No no, uh, phone calls from listeners this week, for whatever reason. Thanks a lot, listeners. Yeah, thanks a lot, listeners. We've got the major spoilers poll of the week, and then right towards the end of the show, we'll be talking about uh, milk and cheese, dairy products gone bad, the new hardcover, (laughs) collecting the entire series from Dark Horse Comics, and uh, what's the guy's name? A hardcover from Dark Horse Comics, collecting the entire series. Yes. Who's the the creator of that? Evan John Warfin? Yes, John Warfin. John Smallberry. <laughs> All right, we'll get to that later in the show, but first, some news. <laughs> what the heck is going on with Star Trek 2? Garib Seamus out at Wizard World. Starship Troopers getting a remake after only 15 years. The Doctor Who movie isn't going to happen after all. And fill in your own random news story right there as we spin the wheel of destiny. <laughs> How can you say it's only after 15 years? The difference between the Golden Age and the Silver Age was only nine years. It's apparently a wheel of questioning this week. Wheel of questioning. Garib Seamus out at Wizard World. So part of the uh, Wizard World, as you know, which is the the, uh, uh, convention portion of the whole Wizard World empire, has a public uh, trading. Uh, well, you know, that's kind of the the weird part, um, because Seamus actually has a bunch of different holding companies or a different bunch of other companies that feed into Wizard World. But as of Thursday, Garib Seamus, president and CEO of Wizard World, is no longer with the company. Over at his blog, he said, I hereby resign my position as president, chief executive officer, and director of Wizard World, Inc., effective immediately. The resignation is not the result of any disagreement with the company on any matter relating to the company's operation, policies, or practices. Uh, they went into greater detail in the uh, company's SEC filings, um, basically putting in there that his resignation, basically the same thing that uh, Seamus tweeted, but it also includes uh, Seamus's uh, 
resignation letter in there as well. Which is very similar to a statement. Yeah, which is very much very much the same. Same thing three times. Three different places, but official. Yeah, I see, I was, I was confused when you say that uh, the big news was that Seamus was out at Wizard World. <laughs> I thought that maybe after doing some soul-searching, he <laughs> realized that he was a little bit more into Spider-Man than Mary Jane. Yeah, and all those jokes in the back of Big Shots suddenly take on an entirely different meaning, don't they? So everybody knows that the Wizard World magazine folded. Uh, Toy yeah. News folded Toy as Biz. well. Toy Biz or Toy whatever Fair. it was. Toy Fair. Oh, yeah. Whatever the toy magazine was folded. They okay. went and took Wizard World online, and it was an iPad app that you could download, and every week they had some interesting articles and some other things. Uh, but suddenly, without any kind of explanation, they stopped publishing that on, uh, like, October 26th, I think, was the last issue of that. Huh. And that hasn't been updated since. The Wizard World blog switched over to Garib Seamus's personal blog, and then just the other day it completely disappeared, too. Mm-hmm. So who knows? I did see some of the SEC reports from the last quarter that showed that uh, Wizard World conventions, um, surprisingly, you'd think that they'd make a lot of money. They actually lost around $30,000 in net revenue mm-hmm. uh, for the for the year, I believe is what it was, 2010. That doesn't include anything this year, but they lost a bunch of money. That's, and That's below... What they had done previously, or just lost? No, they—they they, uh, it had the number of how much they had in revenue, mm-hmm. in holding revenue, how much they spent for mm-hmm. operations, and then the net result was like negative thirty thousand. So, see, see. Uh, but that was two thousand ten. That was the year that they were buying up uh, conventions, conventions left and right, yeah. and now they're into their first full year of uh, basically a Wizard World a month, mm-hmm. and we don't know what that's going on. So. What does this mean, Matthew? Does this mean anything now that Garib Sheamus is out? It seems, you know, it seems like the guy doesn't have a good business record. Well, no, and he really doesn't. And this is the thing about Garib Sheamus that you have to, you have to take into account. This is only shocking to me in that it didn't come because of, you know, a huge, big, explodey thing. Right. Because Wizard World, I I won't say they're on the skids because I don't make that decision, but Wizard World has been making for about the last two or three years decisions that indicate to me that they feel like things are going off the skids and they're trying to, you know, recover and regroup their publishing altogether and find something that is is popular or, you know, money-making enough. And I think they're like, now we're going to buy all the world's conventions. But, you know, when the magazine went under, that I thought was shocking. And then when it, you know, it didn't immediately turn into an online model that I thought was shocking. But Garib quitting doesn't shock me because I'm going to be honest with you. I had just, and it's not even a thing where I have, you know, a a dislike of the man Mm -hmm. or any real reason to dislike the man. I just had this general sense of Garib Seamus as kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? A terrible person. And I know that that's not, that's not something that, that, that you can say just right off the top of your hand. And certainly I don't want him going to my day job and trying to get me fired. But I think that it, you know, it, it <laughs> I was going to bring that up. <laughs> it just, it, it feels kind of like the ship's deserting a sinking rat. To right. Me. It feels like something has gone wrong. Something at Wizard World is changing and Garib is no longer a part of that. And whether that's his choice, whether that's Wizard's choice, I don't know. I don't think that it means anything for the industry because Wizard really hasn't meant anything 
directly to the comics industry since they stopped doing their incredibly overpriced guide in 1994. There was a point where, you know, Wizards monthly price guide was the gold standard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that point was at the peak of the last speculator craze. And when that speculator craze went south, Wizards price guide went south with it. Make of that what you will. So in uh, reference to what I was laughing about with uh, with Matthew, um, The Gutters is a website. Uh, you can find it at the-gutters.com. Uh, they've advertised up on the Major Spoilers website. You may have seen it, and hopefully you've clicked on their colorful Hulk banners mm-hmm. every time they you really see it. They really are awesome. And uh, if you haven't been reading The Gutters, it's a great site by uh, Larda Souza and Ryan Schomer. Well, actually, I should say Ryan uh, Somer and uh, a rotating bevy yeah, of, yes, artists. of artists. Um, a few weeks ago, or when was this? This was uh, November, tw- uh, November 2011, November 29th, 2011. Not that long ago, yeah. No, like just a like a week. And I forget who the original artist was, but it was basically uh, a poke at Seamus. Uh, basically saying that he wins the uh, the award for worst businessman of the comics industry, <laughs> and he's talking about how he's driven Wizard into the ground, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, somebody tries to play him out, and he says, don't you dare try to play me off, I'll buy you, then, then sell you at a loss. And apparently, <laughs> now we don't know this for fact, but apparently a few days later, uh, Ryan wrote on his website... Every single Gutters page is attributed to me as the writer, meaning I'm responsible for every panel on every page. The artists of the page, as well as the team behind Gutters, are all on a work-for-hire basis. In layman terms, we draw, we pay them to draw, letter, and color, and edit my script, and they do so. Should you find yourself the subject matter of a Gutters page and take offense to it, don't go after my artists. Should you be so offended that you attempt to get someone fired from their day job, don't be a coward. Come after me. Apparently... <laughs> Seamus, uh, the person who did that uh, Seamus cartoon, Mm -hmm. Seamus Mm -hmm. contacted the company that he works for and tried to get him fired from his day job. That is the rumor. And, of course, when you go back and you look at the uh, Gutters comic in question, um, the artist has been removed and they redrew the comic strip. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Redrawn by by Lardis Souza. Yeah, yeah, who's a great artist. Who They they do blind ferret stuff together. They do... um, um, to, 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 what's that other one that I just love? Um, least I could do. Yeah, least I could do. Yeah, uh, they do that together. So it's interesting and weird. And I'm supposed tomorrow I'll be getting a phone call from Seamus trying to get me fired right. from my job, or Rodrigo from his job, or heaven yeah. forbid Matthew from his job. <laughs> that's that's unlikely. To just happen. dial the eight hundred number and ask for Matthew. Yep. <laughs> now There's I don't only think we've said anything that is salacious or scandalous and. Certainly We're just not. reporting and, on know, what's going on. There's no disrespect meant because, again, I clearly say I know nothing about Garib Seamus. Anything that I do say certainly is not meant as any type of personal slight or insult. But what it does mean is that as a public figure, there is an expectation that people can comment on you. And oh, comment yeah, on a public figure figure is, in fact, protected. And I'm not talking about me being a jerkwad here. I'm talking about the fact that you know, Somer and his artist basically engaged in parody. Yeah. So this is one of those things where Garib Seamus exiting Wizard World, not that big a deal. It's an, oh, okay, well, he's moving on to different things. Garib Seamus exiting Wizard World and then turning around and, you know, pulling a, a weasel move of this juncture 
may actually be something that works even more to his detriment. I mean, you walk out the door of a place as somebody who took it from a little supplement from your mom's comic store and turned it into a worldwide media conglomerate that owes, you know, 20 different national um, the comic conventions, that mm-hmm. is a big deal. Yeah, that is. is a that's a great yeah. pedigree to take with you. Now, when you take that pedigree with you, and then the expectation and the actions that come with it say neener pants, neener pants, or yeah, you know, here's here's well, some me using that 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 influence, or see, allegedly using that influence. Right. You know, I, there I are, think that that I will can say work this. against you. I know that there are a lot of people in the industry that every time you mention the gutters. They kind of groan and roll their eyes and say, I wasn't in it. Was I? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I had sent somebody, there was one from a few months ago, and I said, oh, this is funny. This is really funny. And so yeah. I sent somebody this, and I said, hey, did you see that they're making fun of you? Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, God, I wish people would just let this drop. And it was, you know, when you get poked fun of, they will blow it out of proportion over at the gutters. And it's a funny, it's a funny, I think, what is it, daily, bi-daily, or every other day? Uh, It's tri-weekly, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Okay. Any uh, thoughts on the Seamus thing, Rodrigo? Well, I think putting the title on him was probably a bad idea. Rodrigo, do you agree? (laughs) Lobster head. Correct. Um... Honestly, nine people are laughing right now, <laughs> and you know who you are. <laughs> the um, I think I, I think it'll be interesting because for like Wizard, Wizard World Inc. and Wizard Magazine has always been Garib Sheamus. Right, he's always been in charge of it, mm-hmm. as as far as I know, and. During its ups and downs and downs and downs and downs and downs, everything that the company has done so far has been attributed to Seamus. Mm-hmm. Nobody else has either taken responsibility or, you know, been been praised for it. So, I think it will be interesting to see what Wizard World LLC Holdings Incorporated does once it's you know the person who created the company, right? Right, is gone. For better or for worse, yeah. I mean this. Yeah. It's a it's a it's an it's a brand new day. <laughs> it's a brand it's new a day new in America. Generation. Yes. All right, everybody, you can head over to majorspoilers.com. There's a link in the show notes. If you don't know how the show notes work, click on the little show notes link, or if you're over at the Major Spoilers website and liking uh, listening to this, click on the show if, notes. If you don't after know how the, the show notes work, we'll go ahead and put an explanation in the show yes. notes. You can click on that link. It'll take you to the story. You can comment. Or do whatever that you do so well. Also over at the Majorspoilers.com website, you can check out the Major Spoilers store. Majorspoilers.com slash store. Critical hit t-shirt out there. Whoa. We've got them in stock. i got to send out about another 10 this week to people. I have no money and I want one so bad. Don't forget we've got our Major Spoilers holiday gift guide. Every single day, some new idea or gizmo or giga or a thingamajig. That you could give somebody for this holiday season. Better get to reading. You're running out of time. Yep. Retro review. Retro review is something that occurs (laughs) often on the site. Marvel team ups number 137. If you didn't think Hostess fruit pies could have an impact in saving the universe, then you need to read that retro review. You get a big delight in every bite of retro (laughs) review. Do they still have have Hostess fruit pies? Yes. 
at gas stations. Still I looked. I looked in our gas station. The serves. They don't. I oh, didn't really? see anything there. Well, that's why I was you wondering. You can't. You can't. Honestly, you can't base anything on haze, and I don't want to shoot down haze. But <laughs> oh no, please I, do! I shoot it down. I all live. The time. I live in Pauline, Kansas, which is right outside of Topeka. And if I walk into the local grocery store, I get whatever the owner. It's called John's. The owner's name is John. I know him personally. I feel that's kind of a thing. Uh, whatever John gets Why don't is you drop a few whatever more names John there. gets the best deal on. So <laughs> if I walk into like the High V, I can go in there and I can get Hostess fruit pies. In like peach and cherry and uh, crab apple. And Do they still have chocolates? Yes, and they're awful. You remember when uh, uh, you and me and John from John's and Arlen Specter <laughs> were uh, trying to that. get to Gen Con? <laughs> I remember also, that. Also, yeah. nominations are now open for the major spoilers best and worst of 2011. We're not don't putting put it up on the website. List. You have to actually go over to the Major Spoilers Forum and do that. If you don't know anything about the Major Spoilers Forum over on the MajorSpoilers.com website, on the right side, you will see a little banner ad. Click on that. It'll take you right to the forum page. You can cast your vote for what you think are the best and worst, and we'll tabulate them all up. And in a few weeks, we will present to you the Major Spoilers 2011 Best and Worst of 2011-11-11 show. Maybe it'll be the best. Maybe it'll be the worst. You'll have to wait until then to find this out. This best of year show was by far the one in the middlest. Yes. Also, hey, coming up in a week or two, Matthew gets a little one year older. Did you know so this week I, I packaged up a bunch of stuff and sent it to him. So Matthew, you've got two packages there. They should have arrived yesterday. One I have a is big a one and I have a little one. Yeah, open up the white priority box because that one's white. just a mishmash of uh um, Prime Minister Botha, white courtesy phone. Prime that's Minister a mishmash Botha. of different things that were sent to us over the last couple of weeks that I need to send to you. One of them that you'll see concrete. One of them, as you open it up, you will see is the art of Thomas Perkins the Fourth. Sixty pages of art from our good friend Thomas Perkins. And if you wonder why he's our good friend Thomas Perkins, more on that later. Ooh, I got a book. The Art of Thomas Perkins. Okay. Yes, he's a, a collaborator of mine on a recent project, which I projected. Let's see what else we got. Uh, this is a thing. What is it? It's uh, a nightgown for my daughter. Okay, yeah, it's a t-shirt from uh, Pepsi t-shirt <laughs> from uh, Nate O, who sent that. Nice. He also a, sent you a, a uh, Dr. Pepper... Well, he sent it to me, and I've just given it to you. Regifting a uh, Dr. Pepper hat. It was a pretty nice hey, hat. Yeah, I can wear that. He also yeah, sent you. Even you fit my head. Open up the. Um, what else is in there? There should be a like a. It's a roll of. A roll of something. Open that up because I'm curious what that is, and I want you to show us a picture of this. Nate sent it to us World and said it's a Mountain Dew uh, can. Let's look. All right. Hang on. But I was curious as to what was on it, and I didn't want to open it since it wasn't like addressed to me. And, is that you should really record this and play that for our attachments <laughs> for our email bag, so that Matthew goes oh, and say, "Oh, it's a bottle." Oh, it's a bottle. Now, what is it on it? Put it it's, pop up uh, on your little video camera so we can see it's this. It's a tin bottle, I think. Oh wow, it looks like torque. Look at that. It's kind of this. Uh, oh yeah, that's kind of cool. I, I didn't open it. Was see, an I, underbite and an axe. It looks like torque. Yeah, yeah. See, I didn't. I didn't open that package up before I sent it, and I was curious as to what it was. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Hi, my name is Torque, and I'm on bottle of Mountain Dew. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't want to open it, but I kind of want to drink the Mountain Dew. 
And then what oh, else is in that box? Anything else? Let's look. Hang on, I'm still drinking the Mountain Dew. Uh, I can't remember if I threw anything some else in that. Paper. That may be it then. Paper to pack things in. I'm sure this is fascinating for our listeners around the world. You know what? The listeners love us. Look at this. Look at this. It's All five of them. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mr. and Mrs. Lopez. Hi, Matthew's <laughs> wife. And hi, Matthew's daughter. There we go. I think we got all five of them. My wife doesn't listen to this show. My daughter only <laughs> listens to the part with her in them. Oh, okay. Okay. What else is this? Uh, is there? Okay. Are you ready for the big box now? There's a big box. I think the this outside should pretty much give it away, but go ahead and open that up. If My daughter's been reading the, the outside, and she's like, oh, it must be comic books. The outside of the box says uh, Mattel Toys. Uh, it's got some weird kind of uh, French on it. DCUC Legion uh, one two pack, which I think has I don't know something to do with the French Foreign Legion. Oh, Obviously, it's my Cowboy Wally action figure. I like the. Uh... That's a Kyle Baker joke right there. I'll hand this over to Rodrigo. If you look on on the oh, outside of the box, it. you'll actually see that it says like I think you got box ah, destruction two of three or something like that. I broke two everything. of three. Yeah, wow. I've actually got boxes one and three of three. Ooh. Oh, wow. Stop trying this to steal my box, woman. Limited edition. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> uh, oh, cool. This is the best one. This is Look. this. Uh, we've been talking about it for about a year now. The limited edition uh, DC Universe Legion of Superheroes 12 pack. It's an contains upside down rocket ship. It is an upside down rocket ship in its packaging. You open it up. It's got some pretty cool things. A lot of figures. Some of them uh, have been released before. The one Rodrigo I, was laughing at, I think, is the Invisible Kid. Yes. Yes, the Invisible Kid is awesome. It also comes with a, an exclusive Legion ring that is a metal ring, I believe. I haven't opened up mine. And a Prody figure. Mm -hmm. Wow, the Colossal Boy is colossal. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, I don't know that any of these have been released in these. I'm pretty forms. sure the Lightning Lad and Lightning Lass. When you can just set it down over there. The Lightning there Lad, Lightning Lass, and Cosmic Boy figures that were released from DCU uh, years ago were actually Adventure 247 costumes. These are Cockrum era uniforms. Nerd. It's cosmic. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> yes, this costume uh, appeared in the issue number 327. Imagine the Legion of Superheroes, 1976. This was right before Lightning Lash these got are, her pink, Saturn Girl costumes. got her pink the uh, bikini. Cosmic Boy and the Cockrum Era. The, the fascinating, uh, the, uh, of course, right above Colossal Boy is Prody 2, also known as Poop Boy. Uh, they had to change that name because it was the Silver Age and you couldn't call him <laughs> that. Um, well, that is yeah, these, uh, awesome. That's my birthday gift to you. I figured you, wow. of all people, would love having wow. uh, that 12-pack. And believe me, sweet. I had to hit the refresh button many a time the day that those went on sale. Because it was uh, only on okay. sale for You're like one day. Although I hear I hear that uh, the, these figures might go back on sale again very soon. So be watching Bring the Matty Collector on. website. Colossal Chameleon. Ooh, it's got a Superboy. Yep. I was so busy looking at characters that I give a rat's ass about, I didn't even notice that Superboy in there. <laughs> oh, a Prody. Oh, a Prody and a Metal Legion ring. I will Ooh, try Prody to fit that on my finger. Wolf. Yeah, actually, Prody looks less like poop than kind of a snot creature here, but it's Custard. still awesome. Yeah, Custard yeah. Prody. 
Yeah, now the yeah. sad part is I want to open these up and I want to have little Paul. Well, you can. That's the whole part. You open them up. That's. I mean, if you oh, leave no, them in the I package. lost Invisible Kid. <laughs> Invisible Kid is awesome. Someone had to ask why we didn't get like a Shrinking Violet or a Dawn Star, and I think it's because they had to spend all the money on that special Invisible Kid mm-hmm. with the uh, you know see through well, plastic. Of those, when did those characters appear? Did they appear before you know like uh, Wolverine? Uh, Wolverine did. Uh, Wolverine? You mean Timberwolf? Yeah, Timberwolf. Shrinking Violet appeared before Timberwolf. Uh, oh, okay. Dawnstar didn't appear until uh, Legion of Superheroes 216 in like 1976. Um, but there is a wildfire in there. Quit carrying my stuff around, woman. I will slap you till your face falls off. Stop it. All right. While Matthew and his wife voice. argue, we're going to take this quick voice. break. And when we come back, we'll get back to some reviews. That's my toys. How to get a major spoiler shout-out. If you want to get a personalized shout-out at the top of the show, all you have to do is the following steps. Number one, visit Majorspoilers.com. Two, click on the Make a Donation button. Three, donate $10 or more to the cause. Four, sit back and relax and hear Matthew butcher your name and say something cute about you. Major Spoilers, bringing the good stuff since 20-06. I really want to thank the uh, person who donated this week, donated a bunch of money to the cause, basically donated enough money to buy Matthew's gift if we wanted to cut uh, slice hairs Mm -hmm. part part ways there. But, you know, I I mentioned before the break that I got three of these. Mm -hmm. I got one specifically for Matthew's birthday, one for me, Mm -hmm. and then I got a third box sitting here. Yeah. What the hell am I going to do with this third box of 12 Legion of Superheroes? Action figures in a collection box. What are we going to do with this? I have an idea. What is that? We should give it to a faithful spoilerite. Ooh, I kind of like the sound of that. Giving something away. Remember I said at the beginning of the year Mm -hmm. that we were going to give away more stuff this year than ever before. Yes. We've given away trade paperbacks and clothing and statues and Legion rings. No, not Legion rings. Green Lantern rings. Mm -hmm. We've given away an iPad. Wow. And what better way to wrap up the year than to try to give away 12 Legion of Superheroes action figures. Mm -hmm. 12? From Mattel. 12 lightning lads, How are we going to do Saturn this? Girls, 10 how are we going to do this? Rodrigo, how are we going to do and this? And a snot blob named Prody over there. Well. I have a plan. Matthew has a plan. That sounds like a, a plan. somebody's campaign This is speech. episode Matthew has a 364, plan. yes? Something like that. That means that it's the 360th anniversary of my debut. Of the begin- the first episode of the <laughs> Matthew three hundred fifty fourth episode of your debut. <laughs> My name is Steven, and I like to ruin a good gag. Shut up. Three hundred sixty. It's like three hundred sixty degrees. You know, that's like a comf- we've come full circle, and because we've come full circle, Stephen Francis Schleicher and Rodrigo. I don't know your middle name, but I'm going to go with Xavier. Sure. Lopez. Although I pronounce it Javier. (laughs) Javier. (laughs) Mea culpa. All right, let's get Um, to this. We're already this far into the show. I think that the winner of this program should call the Major Spoilers Hotline 785-727-1939. And they should repeat their favorite Major Spoilers podcast open in their very best Matthew impersonation. 
So, okay, so people have to call the major spoilers. People have to call the major spoilers hotline, 785-727-1939, and they have to repeat their favorite major spoilers open that Matthew did. Right. In their best Matthew Peterson impersonation. Mm-hmm. And they have right. to do the whole thing. Yes. Okay? Yes. Whole thing. Which means I have the to listen thing. to all of these. <laughs> so you now, need to identify for Stephen, this is episode 14. Yes, you do need to state the episode so we can go back and compare. So when you call in, you say... Hello, my name is Fake Rigo, and I'll be doing the intro to episode number 222. First of all, Stephen, <laughs> Fake Rigo is an offensive Italian stereotype, and that is clearly an offensive well, this is, stereotype. Well, this is the person calling in, what you're doing should, trying to oh, do their hello, best, Matthew. Hello, my name is Gunther, and my sister Tinka, <laughs> and I will be doing the open to episode one. Okay. Hello, I am Skrull Brian. <laughs> So you guys have to do this. I'm going to give you until December 31st. Remember we said we're giving away these gifts this year, all these prizes yep. this year. So you have to have it in by midnight, December 31, 2011. And then wow. beginning on January 1st, I will start going through the massive number. This is a pretty big prize. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is the a lot of money. of Christmas. And I will ship I mean, this worldwide. The U- United States Postal Saturday Service Christmas. said I could. Nice. Or Cosmic Voice. This. Five legion rings. Four chameleon boys, three timber wolves. One Saturn girl. No, two Saturn this, girls. Well, I want to put this to you this way. And this is such a cool package under my that I don't tree. want to open it. to hold up my tree. There you go. I don't want There's to the contest. It. There's the rules if you can figure it out. Get going. Yep. Chop Make them it so. up. Knock them down. Reviews. Reviews. And God said, Bob, my name's Billy. It doesn't matter what your name is. Let's talk about Thunder Agents number one. Didn't didn't you just like review Thunder Agents like number eight or something just a few weeks ago? I did. But it should be noted, this is like the 15th Thunder Agents number one that I own. Because the Thunder Agents almost, but not quite, went into the public domain at one point, and a lot of people put out Thunder Agents number ones. When DC relaunched their New 52, and then it became the New 54, and now it's the New 57, Thunder Agents was one of the books that kind of went on a quick hiatus in September and October, and possibly November. But now, dear friends, the Thunder Agents are back. Under the pen of Nick Spencer, writer of everything... And with art by someone named Wes Craig, who I may or may not be familiar with. I've probably said good things about him somewhere along the line. The Thunder Agents, Dynamo, Raven, No Man, Lightning, Menthor, the Freshmocker. They are all back. Now, uh, Thunder Agents, DC's last version, volume, I'm going to say 19, ran 10 issues and was kind of a deconstruction of the superhero as super spy myth because the original thunder agents books came out in the sixties. And it was kind of like, what if James Bond had super, a super suit, but it also had this weird downside where all of the agents were endangered 
And in the case of lightning, actually, you know, we're losing years of their life every time they use their superpowers. This issue picks up at a point where if you don't know anything about the Thunder Agents, I'm hoping you enjoy a good action tale. Because we open up in Subterranea, an underground uh, sort of uh, civilization that is filled with mutants. And the Subterraneans are just about to riot. And the Thunder Agents are on the scene for basically some sort of celebration. I'm not entirely sure what's going on. But the uh, the Subterraneans, who used to be this killer underground mutant race, have now elected a president, a democratically elected president, and the Thunder Agents are there to do nothing more than, you know, support and, and look cool and wander around. And, of course, it all quickly goes pear-shaped. Now, one of my only complaints about the 10 issues of Thunder Agents that came right before this was that we never really got a whole lot of look into the minds of the agents themselves. There was a lot of talk about Dynamo, about Lightning, about No Man, but there wasn't a whole lot of Dynamo, Lightning, and No Man going, which I guess kind of makes sense. This issue disposes of that, immediately putting the agents in the middle of a great big fight. Um, we actually meet the new agent, Raven, in this issue. And it's an interesting take. I'm hoping that Agent Raven actually has something a little more of a, of a twist to it, but at the very least, it's interesting. And there is a particularly awesome sequence in the middle of the issue that I don't necessarily want to spoil, but I, I do want to let you know that it involves someone drawing a gun out of someone else's holster before realizing that she stole his gun as well. So that's kind of awesome. And the issue sets up a big reveal at the end. 35, 40, 50 years ago, the original Thunder Agents fought great, a great many minor villains, guys who didn't show up more than once, guys who disappeared into space, one guy who I think exploded. But one of their most recursive foes, one of the hardest to kill, was the subterranean named Demo. Now, I'm not going to tell you who shows up at the end of this issue, but it's Demo. <laughs> there's also a really fascinating explanation of the Menthor helmet in this uh, particular episode as well. So I would say... Right? The Mentos helmet. Fresh goes better in life, yes, with <laughs> Menthor fresh and full of life. Mentor the Fresh Maker. That joke was first made uh, by Bruce Otter circa 1989 when he started making fun of my comics. Jerk. Hey, I think you got some comic there. What this one? Uh, spider. It's not ha cool as my Sp Iron Maiden. More like Spider Ham. Dude, that's actually a comic. Shut up. <laughs> now, that was his uh, air guitar. Nice. Thunder Agents number one. I will say this, and I hate being this guy because I read a lot of, uh, especially internet reviews that go, I don't know how this is going to play for a new audience. This is a good issue. I like this issue. It's well drawn. But I, I, I wonder what it's like to read this as your very first Thunder Agents issue. I know who these characters are, and I know why Demo showing up at the end is an oh crap moment. And I hope that if you just pick this book up off the stands and go, I don't know what this is all about, but that guy's parent, you know, pretty bad, eh? I hope that will come through for you. He is particularly scary looking, pretty awful. And it, it looks like we're going to get some serious action out of this. That The downside is that this is solicited as a six-issue mini, which means that much like the uh, recent 
take on the Archie heroes at DC. We may not be seeing a lot of Thunder Agents in the long run, which kind of makes me sad. I do love the Thunder Agents. All in all, though, this is a good relaunch. Three and a half slices of meatloaf, all in all, because No Man is an android. You see what I did there? Yes. What happens if he's a mandroid, though? uh, You're a mandroid. Rodrigo, last week, uh, a few days ago, depending on when you're listening, maybe just a few moments ago, mm-hmm. on the most previous or maybe never podcast, you were trying to convince me to watch Thundercats, mm-hmm. right? Now I understand you're watching something else on the entire webs. Yes. Maybe on the Hulu or something. Mm-hmm, on the Hulu. All right. What is it? And w- why should we watch it or not watch it? The show is called 009-1. And it is an anime-type Japanimation thing um, in which it takes place in the future in a world Oh, this is the one from the future, right? Yeah, this is the one from the future. In a war-torn future. Actually, no. Here's the thing. It's not a war-torn future. It's a peaceful future because, sort of, because the Cold War never ended. Ah. So the way that it looks like it happens is the cold war doesn't end but paranoia just continues to increase and increase and increase eventually basically the united states and russia engulf their uh particular hemispheres Mm -hmm. turning them into what is referred to as the eastern block and the western block Mm. um enter zero zero nine one a super sexy um, spy, super spy, who is also a girl robot. Um, <laughs> she wears here. Tell me if you've heard this one before. She's got go-go boots. Uh huh. Um, she's an independent woman. Uh huh. And she has machine gun jumblies. Uh huh. Ghost in the Shell. Well, I was gonna say Austin Powers, but yes, also <laughs> that one. No, Ghost in the Shell is Wait. the one that has to get naked oh, yeah, to, yeah, become right, to become invisible. Wait, I'm what? Complaining. You've never seen Ghost in the Shell? I, go I go watch, watch Ghost in the Shell. Go watch Ghost in but, the Shell. It's really good. Ghost in the I, Shell is worth it. Just yeah. the, the just the frame rate is worth it. Yes. It is a really tightly animated yes, it is. anime. And it's got some pretty badass robotechery oh, going on. In any case... Um, You're a robotechery. <laughs> There's a lot That's of forms a level eleven word. This this one <laughs> is a a little complex for me. Um, first off, this is by um, it's it's based on a manga by Shotaro Ishinomori. Now, if you are very familiar with this guy, like clearly I am, from <laughs> <laughs> very slowly trying to sound out every syllable in his Just name. Pronounce his name. Yeah. yeah um. Although I was familiar with something that he did previously, and actually that's what got me watching this, is I have seen episodes of a show called Cyborg 009. Mm. So when I saw 009-1, I'm like, there's either a reimagining or a continuation of of Cyborg 009. And it's kind of officially not. It's Mm -hmm. not supposed to be. But characters from Cyborg 009 appear in the show and hmm. apparently appear in the original comic as well. That's kind of cool. So it's just kind of, it's like, this isn't in that universe, but those characters also exist in this universe. It's kind of like if it was an image comic. Right. And Savage Dragon showed up. Yeah. 
I think that's what they're going for. Um, Does Savage around, Dragon show up? Uh, not so far. Okay. But that guy with the really big nose and the scarf from uh, Cyborg 009 did. And I think maybe June, maybe June the <laughs> Swan. Um, the another thing that I liked about Cyborg Zero Zero Nine is the the art style, which was very cartoony, very kind of reminiscent of uh, Osamu Tezuka's stuff, um, Astro Boy and such. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this one, I feel that that style kind of complicates things um, because it's very clear that you're supposed to be way the crap super into the main character's bazoobies. Right. Because there's a lot of emphasis on her breasts. And they probably just shake and rattle. Oh all. yes. There are there are actually She probably does that little thing where she kinda stops short and then like yeah, five minutes later they they're still shaking. Yes. Yeah. Um there is <laughs> there are uh Wow she, she's part of a, a four person cyborg team and all three of the other girls are also sexy go-go boots wearing cyborgs one of who has an atrocious uh british accent (laughs) um in the dub i mean that's what i'm watching i'm watching the dub version okay um and there's a scene i think in the second episode where they're riding these uh snowmobiles down to a rendezvous point and it's like their hair is waving in the air and their boobs are waving in the air. And it's like, those things are on skis and they're riding down a slope. It wouldn't be that bumpy. So, yes, a lot of emphasis on their breasts. Um, what about but, story? Is there any emphasis on story? You know, I I saw the first episode and I was like, meh, I'll watch the second one. But And then the second one is kind of exploring the world. Apparently, there are like killer psychics out there. And I was like... Okay, well, if this continues to expand into a bunch of future tropes under the lens of the Cold War never ended, that's something that we actually kind of haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm definitely, I'm definitely gonna give it a, a shot. I've only seen the first three episodes. How many are in? Twelve. There oh, okay. are twelve episodes, and then that's um, it. It's not like no, continued it's, in it's another just series. A, I kind of like it's those. A, that it's are a limited closed. series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at least I haven't seen that there are any plans to continue it. So, so far, at least for the first handful of episodes, I'll give it two and a half slices of meatloaf. It's very, it's, it's an interesting concept. I feel that a lot of anime gets, or or a lot of anime gets points out for me just because of the, uh, like, completely unnecessary attention to fan service. It's mm-hmm. just like, you know, if we didn't spend so much time with that in that split second or leading up to that split second where she drops her towel and put puts on her clothes and maybe you get a little peek of something, like we would get a little bit more story, a little bit more explanation as to why people's eyes are so weird. And I'm not talking anime weird. I was going to say that's how they draw them. And- well, no, that's what I'm talking about. The art style is confusing because it's more cartoony. Uh-huh. And there are people who just have completely black, like, pupilless eyes. Hmm. So I don't know if it's something like in Astro Boy, where Professor Oliphant or whatever just has an enormous, gigantic nose the size of most people's heads. And that's just normal. That's just how he is. Mm -hmm. Or if... So same thing with these people's eyes. I don't know if in this world, completely black is a normal eye color. Or if that guy has cybernetic enhancement. 
if that's supposed to hint at me that he's a cyborg. I don't know. That actually makes the art a little bit confusing. Okay. Well, we will check it out and look forward to hearing a report <laughs> sometime down the road. Yeah, when I finish watching the whole thing, I'll, I'll, I'll check back. Okay. Yeah. You'll have to tell us if it has a Gynax ending. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations. All right, here's a brand new book out this week from our friends over at Boom Studios. Boom. Valen the Outcast, or Valen the Outcast, V-A-L-E-N the Outcast. King Valen, I'm going to call him Valen, is the king of Oakendale, or Oakhaven, I'm sorry, Oakhaven. And he is fighting an army of the undead. Unfortunately, the undead overwhelm him, and the Lich King does something to him. Turns him into an undead. Yes. And he has the power, the Lich King, I don't know what they call him. Here, but I'm going to call him the Lich King because he kind of looks the like the Lich. He looks like he's drawn drawn like the uh, Lich King from the uh, World, World of Warcraft. Warcraft. He has power he over the king. He is very wraithful. Yes, he has the power to control the king. But we jump forward some point in time, and we see that the king is getting a special tattoo on his back, magical tattoo drawn by a hot, sexy lady in clothing that is not appropriate for the times. Or for children under the age of 12, mm-hmm. uh, she draws a magical <laughs> tattoo 18. that severs Just 12. the, uh, you know, <laughs> that severs the connection between the dead king and uh, the lich king. Mm-hmm. And Valen, who's now an outcast because everyone knows about the undead and doesn't want him around, he's going to go and get his soul back. And he goes to a town. Everybody doesn't like him there. They're like, get away. We know that you're the dead king. The king has to even fight one of his old friends that fought alongside him mm-hmm. uh, because they just think he's an undead. He's an emissary or a, a pawn of, of the, the Lich King. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good story. I mean, it's it's a very much Dungeons and Dragons in a quest because by the end you've got somebody who's going to be his guide. The sexy girl shows up again mm-hmm. and the king. And I'm sure they're going to meet at least two more people before the adventure ends. And they're going to, what's it called, Wraithville or something is what it's mm-hmm. called in the book, I can tell you. Spooky town. <laughs> what's it called here? Uh, she says, Is it Halloween sure? town? Do they have to go in through a tree <laughs> that looks like Halloween. a pumpkin? This is Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. I'm um, trying to figure out, let me see where he's going. Eh, I don't see it here, but it's it's something like Wraithville or something. Yeah, Wraith and Doll. That's what it's called. Nice. Wraith and Doll. Um, and he's just going to go Isn't and get his soul where back. Archie is from? Yes, Wraith and Doll. Um, it, the art is really good. I think the characterization is good. I think they use just the right. You know, at first it's not really super clear if the king, because you don't get to see his face while he's alive, if he's also the uh, the undead person, mm-hmm. because it does. There's no balloon or a box that says sometime later. Um, but they do go through and say, oh, I know you, you're the king, you're the dead king. And so they play up on who all the characters are. I think they're all introduced very well. The coloring is wonderful. Um, the art style is wonderful. I hope that this is, uh, a book that continues for a while. It's probably going to only be a four issue miniseries. Um, but I liked it a lot. I think people should go check that out this week, especially if they're into the D and D stuff Mm kind of has, it's not quite the same art style as, um, What's the one with the um, one that we reviewed a while ago that had uh, 
Battle Chasers. Battle Chasers. You did? You did yes, make I that did giant the... boob sign. I was like, giant <laughs> yes. boobs, fantasy, Battle Chasers. Yes. It kind of has that art feel without mo- uh, mimicking. Us. Yeah, yeah. It kind of has that feel to it. Um, so I think people will get a kick out of it. I think the the story is good. I think the art is great. Um, and I'm looking forward to see where it goes. I liked it so much, I'm giving it four and a half slices of meatloaf nice. uh, for this book. So go check it out. It's out this week. Valen the Outcast, number one from Boom Studios. All right. And, of course, more reviews. I, we're going to have to talk about this on the weekend show. Didn't have a lot of reviews this week right. for a number of different reasons. But one of the big reasons was it was a fifth week. Mm-hmm. And yeah. not many companies del- uh, deliver stuff on, on a fifth week. I didn't get my Tangent Comics this week. <laughs> I know, and I was waiting for Blackest Night number 26. Yes. We'll talk about that on the weekend show. But for right now, we will have more reviews up shortly. Uh, I've got some more coming up today. Tomorrow. On penalty of death. Yes, exactly, Matthew. Hey, the reviews are done. That means it's time for the major spoilers. Poll of the week. Hey, Stephen. Yes. You know what I really... The poll <laughs> of the week, 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 week. Uh, I hate this show. <laughs> it, re- it really is in- well, infuriating. looking at it? our numbers, certainly a lot of other people uh-huh, feel the same nice. way. <laughs> hey, numbers are just imaginary framistats. Yes, yes, they are. Especially you know what imaginary numbers. <laughs> no, those, exactly. that shit's real. Like seven. <laughs> Go ahead. What were you going to say, Matthew? It's time! Oh, got me. Got For me. the millions in attendance and the 12 Legion of Superheroes figures me. currently perched like gargoyles under my Christmas tree. It's time for the major spoilers. Poor of the week. And that's the bottom line, because King Cobra said so. This week, what is most important? Rodrigo, what is most important when you decide what comic book you're going to read? Is it the story? Is it the Destroy art? Destroy your enemies. Or is it the publisher? I was going to I was gonna drop that in, but I figured, ah, people would be... People are probably spitting their sodas all over their computers. Dropping that bundle in of disgust. cuteness into the middle of the show yeah. would send them over the edge. Rodrigo, what is most important when you decide if you're going to buy a comic book? The story, the art, or the publisher? You know, it it really, really 100% used to be the art. I used to buy comics exclusively for the art. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, I actually tend to buy them for the story. Mm. And and that is primarily the reason, along with a couple economical ones and me not really being able to make it to a town that has a comic shop of any kind, why a lot of the time I end up buying, buying the trades. Mm-hmm. Because that's a you know once I start <gasps> hearing some buzz, yeah I know once I start hearing some buzz about something then I'm yeah, like the oh series is over that, yeah yeah the series but the series this is a good series so I'm mm-hmm. gonna go pick it up mm-hmm. um, lock and key atomic robo exactly all that stuff um, so yeah for me now it's story I can still I still place a lot of emphasis on the art a book that do, that has art that I don't like yeah is very likely to get put down even if the story is very appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it is, but certainly a book with fan well actually no I will still pick up a book with really good art even if the story is crap. I battle chasers. <laughs> um, but 
Yes, but I would say right now, at this point in my life, it's story. Okay. Uh, for me, I uh, I think art is what I look at the most. I mean, uh, if I'm browsing something, it's the art that catches my eye, not the title, not the publisher. I'm not on the DC rack or the Marvel rack. Uh, you know, if I if the thing that got me to pick up Amazing Spider-Man was not only the fact was it starting a new arc, but Humberto Ramos was doing the art. When I go and I flip through a book at the stand, if it's Battle Chasers or whatever, lock and key, I'm going to flip through it and go, oh, how's the art in this? It, it, that's what's really attractive. Animal Man, the new relaunch. I, I know Matthew loves that new Animal Man series that DC is putting out, but the art for me is just a turnoff and I don't like it. And so it could be the best story in the world. But if that art doesn't appeal to me, I'm not going to read it, unfortunately. Matthew, what about you? For me, I, it's, it's kind of a complicated question because... Yeah, it is. They I've read are. a lot of comics with art that I hate. Um, not too long ago when we were reading um, Captain America colon Nomad. Yeah. I remember that super cool Sal Buscema art and forgot that the second half of the arc was Frank Springer and Frank Robbins. And Frank Springer, don't get me wrong, Frank Springer is a wonderful artist. And when he's doing stuff that, you know, isn't standard superhero junk, I'm like, ooh, this is pretty cool. But I read the second half of that and I just kind of went, boy, I sure am glad that this book is pure Engelhart because I would not make it through this if it wasn't. Mm -hmm. So for me, well, I think that this, given these particular choices, I would go with the story. And to some degree the writer because there are writers that I will follow places that I wouldn't normally go. Right. Like your Mark, your Mark Wade's. Yeah. Your your Peter David's in some cases. Your Stan Lee's. Well, yeah, (laughs) Stan Lee does in fact invoke a reaction in me and it goes a little something like this. (laughs) No, I I would agree with you too. I would agree with you to a point, but you know, uh, and some people, We've talked about this before. Some people slavishly follow a writer or slavishly follow an artist, right? And sometimes that can be great. I mean, Joe Hill has done wondrous things in um, in Lock and Key. But I read his first issue with the cape, and I was like, well, that's interesting, but probably in the long run, not my cup of tea, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in the case of, like, artist Humberto Ramos, I could pick up almost anything that he reads and enjoy it. Just because the art is adding a little something to it. And I know some people said, oh, you didn't have the writer in there. Oh, you didn't have the character in there because if it's got Wolverine in it, I'll follow anything that has Wolverine or anything that has Deadpool or anything that has whatever in it. There are um, very few characters who inspire that kind of love. Maybe are, are there? in the 3 I mean, in you. For me, maybe. yeah. Oh, in you. Okay. The the 3D man, I'm sure, Nexus. But then again, Nexus is, you know, single creator stuff. Whereas Mike Barron... Who did Nexus? Love Baron's Nexus. Cannot stand Baron's Badger. Mm-hmm. And I like the art on Badger as much, if not better, than I like the art on Nexus. So I mean, it's really a complicated thing. You know, uh, recent issues of Avengers, the latest Avengers relaunch, first six or ten issues, John Romita Jr. Love Romita Jr. I can stomach some Bendis, Romita and Bendis together. I didn't care for. Mm-hmm. Same writer doing the same shtick with Daniel Acuna like it i mean i really like the last couple of issues with acuna on the art so it's kind of a weird balance there are certain books that i read for the art but there are certain books that i read there are more books i think that i read for the writing and there are no books that i read for the publisher because the publisher to me adds nothing 
more than an advertising budget in most cases. Mm -hmm. And the times when the publisher has been important, like 1995 at Marvel under Ralph Macchio, because, you know, when Mr. Miyagi stopped training him, yeah, things got mean. I did not care for that strong of an editorial publisher vision. The same thing happened around 2000 under um, the guy who isn't Dan DiDio, Bill Jimas. So, I mean, it's a it's a weird thing for me. Yeah. Jimmy says uh, that it's a team. Uh, Avrilux says, uh, I, I uh, wanted to say story, but quite honestly, it's art. Rico says it's art. Uh, Andrea says the writer. Uh, Kobe actually said, I voted publisher because it's the closest you have to character. It's not that I specifically read DC or Marvel, but I do like specific characters from each universe and probably won't pick up a lot of the other random books if I don't know anything about them. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce says, uh, oh, Bruce is one of those guys going, I think you really mean to replace story with writer. Um, Alicia says, I've no, he doesn't story. talk like that. Bruce talks like this. I think you're over analytically, but I'm going to. <laughs> Zaxelbrack says, I had to vote for story. Maximus Riff says, I can forgive art to a point, but when the story takes a turn, I don't like, I dump it. And there's more comments. Matthew Howe has the uh, major spoiler nation voted so far as of this recording. Well, what they've done is they've gone to majorspoilers.com and clicked on the little radio button and then pressed vote. That is how the major spoilers have voted. As for the results of said voting, a whopping 79% of the 261 people who have currently voted are saying the story drives them to purchase a book. 18% the art, publisher hitting 3%, which on 261, that's 50, 60 people. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand that publisher thing. I think what it really comes down to, and Bruce does make a good point in his nerdy overthinking it, could you possibly be a little bit more anal about this way? Story in comics is really related to more than just the pictures or the words. You know, it's the pictorial juxtaposition of images and such. I think his point of the writer, the writing or the artist is a good point because the story is basically the melange, if you will, of the two. That said, I think we probably should have had a character option as well. Yeah. What are you going to do? Wait till next year. We'll drag it out again. Nowadays, uh, the thing that is most important to me about what comics I read is what I get as a digital review copy. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that is that. That yes. is my primary. Yes. Uh, That's why I kind of went into comments. a panic this afternoon. I was like, Dynamite Entertainment, you didn't send us any review copies this week. What am I going to review? I've got to review Voltron tomorrow. Um, okay, listeners, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com, cast your vote in the Major Spoilers poll of the week, and you can go back into the archives and see how people voted in the past. Uh, we would normally take a break right here, but once again, people have not called into that Major Spoilers hotline. To share their mm. thoughts and contribute to the show. I just that does um, that reminds me of something that I wanted to bring up two weeks ago. Actually, what's that? It's time. I think he blew out his mic. Did I? Oh, really? Yeah. Do you also hear ringing? Yes. Or is that just me? No, that's both oh, of okay. us. <laughs> it's time to pick up that phone. Pick up that Skype. Call the number, 75. Pick up your desktop computer and yell into it. <laughs> Hello, Major Spoilers! <laughs> My name is Davey! Hello, I like cheese. 
Matthew, what is that major spoilers hotline number that people need to call? 785-727-1939 and see if you can talk like me because, quite frankly, you don't want to think like me. It's scary to those of us who actually do it. Let's talk about milk and cheese. Mm-mm. Okay. Dairy products <laughs> gone bad. Brand new hardcover collecting the entire milk and cheese uh, story. I think there's seven Oeuvre. issues plus a bonus. No. Holiday special or story, something? Story's not the word for it. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's sort of a genre or an oeuvre, if you will. Go for it, Rodrigo. No, go, go ahead, start. Matthew. Go ahead. I, I, when I started working at Gatekeeper Hobbies, Huntoon and Gage, Topeka, it was the year 1998. And my job was to go through boxes in the cave of comics and find things. And one of the things I found was, uh, at the time, complete run of milk and cheese. And they were spendy books. So I bought them one at a time and read them parsed out over about five to six weeks. And each one, I was like, ho, 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 they're beating up. Oh, now they're making fun of hipsters. Oh, and now they're making fun of comic guys. And spaced out over six weeks, those six or seven issues, however many it was at the time, were, you know, a, a happy little bon mot. They were, they were a thing. They were kind of like the sorbet to clear the palate before I went back and read something. I love Evan Dorkin. And I don't want this to sound like, you know, a, a, a terrible, terrible thing. And it's about to. 250 straight pages of milk and cheese is too effing much milk and cheese. It, it, it really is. This is stuff that needs to be just like you don't drink a gallon of milk mm -hmm. and hope to not throw yeah. up or go into some kind of a, a shock. They need a whole wheel of oh, cheese. Man, I ate a whole, whole block of Swiss cheese the other day. Uh, uh, oh. Um, yeah, yeah it, it's something that. Thirsty. Yeah, no, that's the other problem. Uh, it, it does need to be consumed in small doses. Mm hmm. The other thing too is this really is a product of the times. Yeah, uh, it's it's and doesn't make any no, any no, no. attempt not to be no no. Minutes. I mean it's you know I think some of the problems that that I had with Tank Girl because it seemed very much the product of its time. Mm -hmm. Milk and cheese falls into that same category as as well. Yeah. Lots of satire, lots of you know insane non sequitur kind of weirdness that goes on mm -hmm. right just out yeah. of nowhere punch you in the face yeah. you know um uh, uh the art is nice i like the art but yeah it does need yeah. to be consumed in in small chunks the violence and the cursing are fun and i think honestly what it kind of boils down to is i am this book's target audience yes you are and by that mean i mean i am kind <clears throat> of a hipster doofus in, in a weird yeah, kind of, of comic ways. way. And when I, when I read a, a milk and cheese story, it basically breaks down into four story beats. First, we're given a quick introduction to milk and cheese. I'm and a carton of cheese. Cake, I'm a wedge of spice. Yes. Yes. And then they introduce this week's topic. It's kind of like a Wayne's World skit in a way. Yeah, it because is. Because it's like this week's topic. And then violence ensues. And at and the really, end, we all go laugh and ha ha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really, the, it's it's hard to believe that most of this was contained in in seven issues because it feels like, honestly, this should be what was in the circulars inside the comic book store. This should have been, you know, the back page well, of this, what this what should, was the like what was that 
one that was there a long time ago. Comic Shop News, was that what it was? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it These... should have been on the back page of that. That's what <laughs> that, you know, like an entire four or five the page story. The original seven issues, should have been I believe, actually reprinted stories that appeared in different venues. Oh, okay. So I believe that the the issues that we read, the one through seven, I think the original milk and cheese. It's not even a word anymore. <laughs> you know, we've done this so often. I'm just going to do the cadences. <laughs> and Steven said, <laughs> "Okay, so now that I've done my Family Guy riff for the week." What what really struck me though is when they when they were originally printed they were printed in all sorts of things they're printed in like negative burn and deadline and dark horse presents and like that mm-hmm. and then the issues were collected and each issue I mean seven issues in eight years basically was waiting until he had done enough two and three page strips right the thing that's interesting to me and the thing that I wish we'd see more of there are a couple of longer form adventures in here. Yeah. That kind of have to get away from we are milk, we are cheese, here is the topic, now we beat it to death. Mm-hmm. And they kind of go off and the you know, the the satire, the humor, the whatever you want to call it, has to go other places and they have to build upon the jokes. And it happens pretty rarely because most of these are one or two page strips. But when it does happen, you kind of wonder if they wouldn't work in a longer form, maybe not twenty two pages, but in a longer know. form adventure. It seems like it seems like they get in like you said they beat a horse to death with with the joke. Uh and it's just like, okay, now we punch you and now the next panel. Now we punch you and now we go to the next panel. Now we punch you and now we punch you and oh, there no, oh, no, there's a cop and now there's a man driving a bear or whatever, you know. It just seems to keep going and going and going and it's finally like, oh, we're in jail, the end. Ha ha ha. And the jokes are the ha 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 is actually after the end part. So, right. I mean, I don't know if to be honest, some of these you get up to four pages of story, and I'm like, okay, this is enough. Let's get on yeah. with it. The the once, well, you know, you if, know, it were, if it were a one-page gag, you know, four strips or whatever, however many panels you can put on that page, I think that would be brilliant. And if I read that once a day, if it was up on a website, I read one a day, mm-hmm. brilliant. Yeah. If I had to read it all in one sitting, like we did here, no. Rodrigo, you've been quiet. Share some thoughts. Um, I like the one where they beat up hippies. <laughs> not not because I have anything against hippies. I just think that one was particularly funny. Um, I think you're right. I mean, definitely when when I saw it, I just naturally assumed that these were backup uh, mm, mm-hmm. things that appeared in other comics. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah. maybe they were syndicated to some indie newspaper somewhere. Right. Seems like the sort of thing that the yeah. Columbus Alive would have. Right. Um, like the Onion. Right. So, and and that's where they belong. I think for people who are like who are nostalgic about Milk and Cheese, who saw it as a backup to Monkey Man and O'Brien, I don't know. Um, <laughs> they might be like, "Oh, I remember Milk and Cheese. I'm gonna get the hardcover," and then they might like keep it on their coffee table when their parents aren't visiting mm-hmm. and then every once in a while pick it up flip through it and it's like oh they are beating up superhero guys yeah I, I the one that I yeah. did like the most was in the early part of the book with uh, where they were uh, on the jury 
Yeah. yeah, I thought that one was particularly good. Well, and that one, and that one few... also has a slightly different conceit from all right. the other ones. Right, so. right, right. And that's one of the longer ones that I was speaking of. You know, there are mm-hmm. a few in here that even even a hardcore milk and cheese fan, and I think I'm probably as close as you get to such a thing. Uh, milk and cheese vomit. I cannot look at that strip. It's terrible. But there, are, there are moments throughout <laughs> this book that are just utterly, utterly phenomenal at one point i think it's in milk and cheese quit they they have the little open thing and milk just has this look on his face he's like i have nothing to say in my little circle today and and for some reason that cracked me up for like a half an hour oh yeah and because this is the point where you say something that's that's another thing is pretty since the formula is established very early on Mm -hmm. it does allow him to play with that formula right right and and there are little things like that where, you know, all of a sudden you switch to a character and they're beating someone up, but rather than say their usual, like, topic-based pun, right? they say something else, a non-sequitur, or something that is perfectly reasonable, and it's like, wait, what? Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. then it's funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they, they have... This is as meta as meta storytelling ever gets. Because the characters are not only aware that they're characters in a comic strip, they're talking directly to us. And half oh, yeah, of their yeah, dialogue, yeah. half of their dialogue is just, you know, glad announcements of ultra violence to the readers that they mm-hmm. know are here. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, you know, that kind of, that, that, that joyous psycho moment, I think, is kind of what keeps it from being overkill i mean 250 pages is too much milk and cheese <laughs> but it's kind of like when you're in a car trip and all you have is that one single of i will walk five thousand miles and about four hours in you just you don't want to die and you're like no way it, it comes around again the book comes around again for me a couple of times mm-hmm. uh there's there's just one point where again i cracked up cheese is like and i will use the voice of james mason and of course i hear eddie izzard doing an impersonation of James Mason as well, a block of cheese. Well, and there was, like, for me, there was one, I was actually also pretty early on, that was, like, they were playing Bad Celebrity Tag. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where, and yes. then the guy, they and I forget who Cheese was at the time, but, you know, every time somebody meets them, they do their little introduction. Hi, like, I'm Milk. I'm and Milk. And, and, yeah, <laughs> and I'm Cheese. We're <laughs> evil or whatever. Yeah. But this time, he yeah. just absolutely flatly introduces himself as his <laughs> bad celebrity tag. Yes. Hi, I'm Milk, and I'm Nipsey Russell. <laughs> yes. exactly. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I do like the art, though. I want to come back to the art. I think the art is really well done. It's oh, yeah. really detailed in the places it needs to be, mm-hmm. but also very cartoony and every, everywhere else. Uh, I particularly like, I mean, people are very familiar with the look. I'm I'm thinking everybody. Milk and cheese, a, a pop culture recognized icon. Milk and cheese is, is really good for your nerd clout because it's not something that everybody on the street recognizes. Yeah. But it's something that every comic book person recognizes, but only recognizes. Right, only recognizes. Not a lot of yeah, people yeah. know what it even <laughs> right, is. right. So, yeah, I mean, wearing a milk and cheese shirt is like, whoa, check that guy out. <laughs> I think we should come yeah. up with a, a generic brand of T-shirts that's just a white T-shirt and then the character name on the front. So, like, mm-hmm. milk and cheese <laughs> right. in black letters. And that's all it would say. Just a generic and then, T-shirt. That's and then... <laughs> why would you say that on the air? Somebody has already stolen your idea. I am I sure they have. Is, I, I am sure they have. Um 
but you know, I love it where we have the very, you know, the very dark eyebrow yeah. characters throughout, and then all of a sudden they'll turn into these little an- angelic milk and cheese, and they've got yeah. these super round it's eyes and just eyes. a little line above their eyes yeah. and the little halos, and it's just like <laughs> that's wonderful how you know he's able to do that and turn them from immense rage, drunken rage, to these little mm. oh we're angels, we're good, we yeah. we would never do any harm to anyone, kill him, yeah. kill him now, <laughs> uh, kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, I did like I did like the art throughout, and you can see the the style change. Over the whatever yeah. eight years or however many years it was to get this uh, complete collection out. Well, I think the earliest stuff is from like 1989, and some of the later stuff in the back of the book is like literally this year, 2011. Hello, future yeah. people. Yeah. <clears throat> but what's fascinating to me, I think, is the completism of this hardcover. Because it's like, and this is a sketch that I did for some guy. And these are sketches that I did that were supposed to be turned into magnets, but they weren't. Right. This is like, this is like literally everything he's ever drawn with milk and cheese as the central character. Well, it even has and the, I, uh, the trading card collection in there. I love the fact that, you know, we've gone to these lengths. It's almost like this is a parody of a hardcover. Yeah. And I don't know if that was the intention or not, or if it's something where I kind of get the feel when you're reading a milk and cheese book, because there's one sequence where they're like, if you think anything on this page is funny, then you are stupid and must be beaten. And in the middle of the page in teeny tiny letters is written milk and cheese Mm -hmm. there. I mean, he's not afraid to make fun of himself and his own characters. Now, what I want to know is what's the what's the cover price on this hardcore? Hard oh cover. man, you would ask me that right now. Um, Cause yeah, <clears throat> I'm unable to find such an item as well. I Amazon. Well, it's not out yet. Okay. So, um, the hardcover milk and cheese hardcover, uh, comes out. Well, maybe it is out now. Um, 1999 is the list price. You can get it over at Amazon for 1280. Um, if you go over to majorspoilers.com on the, uh, on the next major spoilers podcast page, you can go down to the uh, date and the milk and cheese, and you can buy this product through the Amazon store, through us, and we'll get a little bit of that money back, too. Oh, yay! And that, I think, right there, makes me think that this is, in fact, a parody of the high-level, hardcore, you know, the, the hardcover collections of everything, the absolute milk and cheese. Because at 20 bucks, I would pay to have a milk and cheese hardcover that collected everything to where I could just turn to a certain page and go, Oh, ha ha. They're beating up Charles Nelson Riley. Yeah. It says here in the solicitation, uh, the, the book actually came out November 29th. So last week, uh, during that fifth mm-hmm. week when we were complaining that there was nothing <coughs> out there, there was nothing. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the deluxe the hardcover collects choice. every single stupid milk and cheese comic <laughs> made from 1989 to 2010, along with a S ton of supplemental awesomeness. This has everything you need. Don't judge it. Love it or else. And so that brings us to a comment from Andrew who says, I was first assaulted by milk and cheese in the early 90s. I was already familiar with Evan Dorkin's work on Marvel's Bill and Ted's excellent comic book. So when I saw uh, milk and cheese on the shelf, I took a peek. I was laughing my blankety blank off in the middle of uh, Air Capital Comics, which I think is in Wichita. So I bought the Mm -hmm. first four issues and continued to laugh my blankety blank off at home. Sadly, with his infrequent publishing schedule, the laughs became fewer and far between. Casey, the sadness 
fell off after they couldn't keep up with the schedule. <laughs> Just three more issues in 15 to 20 years. Cry. I keep my sadness at bay. I drank a lot of gin. Gin makes a man mean. Everyone booze up and riot. And bought the mac and cheese Zippo, not mac and cheese, milk and cheese Zippo, the trading cards, and numerous t-shirts. This hardcover collection is worth every penny, even at full price, let alone the twelve eighty from the Amazon link. Buy it or milk and cheese will find you. That's what Andrew says. A Rodrigo. Long distance dedication. Bottom line for you. I, I I did enjoy it. And honestly, if the hardcover is twenty bucks, I would say get it. Get it and every once in a while flip through it and go, ah, ha, ha, jury duty. (laughs) (laughs) You know, yeah, for 20 bucks, yes. If if this were a $34.99 book, no. If you like to laugh at silly nonsense and senseless violence and it is a product of its time. So when you see George W. Bush... No. Oh, H H yeah, Bush. H-W yeah, Bush. H.W. Bush show up and you go, oh, this came out in 88, 89, 90. Oh, this makes sense now. Um, Yeah, just keep that in mind. Eh, I, I, I'll say go ahead and pick it up for 20 bucks. You, what else are you going to do? Buy a pizza? Yeah, the pizza that has cheese on it. Yeah, and it's just also a milk product. Yeah. And the pizza is not going to stick around forever. And probably the next morning Certainly you're going to go, why did I sit and eat the whole thing in one sitting? Which is how you'll feel if you actually read through this. Yes. So buy it. As Rodrigo says, put it on the shelf. And once a week, once a month, open up to a new page and giggle and then put it back and back away slowly. Matthew, what about you? Milk and cheese. The hardcover edition is somewhat akin to buying a case of Girl Scout cookies. It's a lot of good things in a big package. And if you try to consume it all at once, you will vomit repeatedly and probably contract diabetes. Type 2 diabetes, of course, not type 1. Long story. But I would say that usually I'll say something to the effect of if you're a comics fan, X, if you're a comics historian, Y, if you're just a schmuck who loves Wolverine, Z, Right now, X, Y, That's and my Z favorite are kind anime. Of <laughs> exactly. <Wolverine> Z. <laughs> Wolverine Z. Oh no, Wolverine Z is in love with Godzilla. I think that this is, first of all, a strong enough package at a strong enough price point that even if you hate it, you're out 20 bucks. I mean, I spend 20 bucks in an average week of comics and I have a discount. So I would say that, you know, for $19.99, or if you buy it through the major spoilers, dot Amazon, dot, 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 www, dot, Dave, whatever you do, I would say that this is a, not necessarily a must have, but a ought to get. And at the very least, it would make a lovely stocking stuffer. You know, it, it's not necessarily something that you're going to sit down and read like, you know, say a trade paperback of Watchmen where you're like, oh my God, what will happen? Why is Dan writing about owls? But it's definitely something that I think if you like comics at all, if you have a sense of humor, I think this will appeal to you. And I think that it's kind of a a distillation of, you know, years and years and years of comics broken down into nice, you know, really easy little packages. It's like Doritos chips. You remember when we were kids, Stephen, and you could buy that box of 10 boxes of cereal and each box of cereal was an individual serving of cereal? 
You can still get those, but I think now they're eight packs. Well, I don't want to do that anymore. Now I'm a grown-up, and I buy Fiber One so I can poop. (laughs) This is the thing. (laughs) That's what I need. If you buy this book and treat it like that 10-pack where one day you can have Rice Krispies and the next day you can have Fruit Loops, and eventually 10 10 days from now you have to sit down and eat the the damn Raisin Bran, eventually you'll get to that point, and the Raisin Bran will be milk and cheese vomit, which is uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of page 79 or 80. It's, that's your warning. But I would definitely say get it. I would say get it, give it to your comic book friends, pass it around, have everyone go, good God, what is this? Live it, learn it, love it. All right. And with that, it wraps up this week's show. Thank you so much for downloading and listening and sharing the love. All those fabulous five-star comments that people are putting up on iTunes. Thank you for taking copies of this down to your comic book store and handing them to the comic book store owner and said, have you guys been going to their website? Have you been listening to their podcast? Thank you for those people who are doing that. Next week, Top Cow Pilot Season 2011 is now underway. Next week, we're reviewing all of their books. I think there's six of them, 12 of them, however many there are. We're reviewing those next week. So until then, remember, if you work at a call center or if you work at a fast food joint and you hear the name Chuck Finley, it's probably Bruce Campbell. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash Majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. If I'm start raving rich like a man of iron, I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. But would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fun bee in the Middle East with a king sign throwing soldier. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, 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 what a major spoiler, whoa, 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 what a major spoiler. Major Spoilers is copyright 2011.